Elise DeLucci Show. I'm your host, Elise, and we are in my living room in Manhattan, episode 26, baby. Today we're talking about multiple personality disorder, but from the wardrobe perspective. I think my my wardrobe has multiple personality disorder. I'll explain. FaceTime dating, Christmas baking. Oh my God, I think I'm writing a book. I'll tell you about that. So take a sip of your drink. Your coffee, you're in the car going to work. Maybe you're unhappy. That's how I feel when I'm on my way to work. Whatever. And relax. Listen to me, your friend, Elise. Fact of the day. Fact of the day. Do you know that 90% of American people celebrate Christmas? Isn't that wild? 90%. 90%. You know, because all you go, so you go to all the stores and you're like, oh my God, I want to die. Like, there's Christmas tunes everywhere. That's if you're single, by the way. If you're in a loving relationship, then you're very happy to see here, let it snow, let it snow every time you go in CVS. I am in a happy relationship, though. I shouldn't say that, but. But it's always just like, why is there Christmas music everywhere? There's no Kwanzaa music. There's not there's not dreidel dreidel playing, you know, when you go into, I don't know, Rite Aid. It's just Christmas. And that's because 90% of America celebrate it. And that doesn't mean that 90% of America, by the way, is religious. That just means that it's just super celebrated. And you know what? I think that's great. Because I, not that you asked for my opinion, you know, but holidays are meant to be celebrated, right? Like, even if you don't believe in Christmas, I mean, yeah, Ma, I know, if you're listening, you're like rolling over. But even if you don't believe in Christmas, like, who cares? Like, it's just a fun thing to celebrate. You know, let me tell you something, okay? This is a complete tangent here. But when I was in high school, I used to have these dinner parties. I know. I was like 15 going on 90. It's just who I am. What can I say? I used to have international dinner parties at my house. Imagine what my parents thought about me. They thought I was probably the one step from the loony bin. But I did. I had a few friends, girlfriends, and I would invite them over, and I would say, bring a dish of your culture, and, and we'll eat it. So, like, you know, we had lakas one time. One time, I think I made, like, chicken parmesan or something. So, whatever. So whatever, whatever we made. Something simple and easy. Everything probably came out of a box because we were in high school. Whatever. But I loved the idea of celebrating all of these other cultures, and we did it through food. That was so important to me, like literally 15, maybe I was 14, whatever. And I like the idea of celebrating. So you want to know what? If I didn't, if I wasn't raised Catholic, and if I didn't celebrate Christmas, but all I heard was Christmas shit all around, I'd have a treat too. So all I'm going to say. I have a second fact, just because I read this um, in a magazine, and I thought, <laughs> I thought it was so crazy, I wanted to tell you about it. Um, in the 1880s, there was a hosiery businessman. His name was Lamarcus Thompson. He sold pantyhose. And he ho- he hated, so Lamarcus hated, Lamarcus, the stocking salesman, hated that American people were tempted by going to bars and brothels. So basically what he did was he, he set out to think of, what can I establish that's not immoral? So he thought of Coney Island, New York, and then he built the first roller coaster to give New Yorkers some clean fun. Can you, isn't that funny? And the, the roller coaster, I'm assuming that he built, and I didn't look this part up, I would imagine is the cyclone because I, I think that's been up forever. I would look it up right now, but then I'd be taking a pause for my podcast. That probably wouldn't be kosher, but that's okay. But here's the thing, LaMarcus, you're walking around selling pantyhose and you're so concerned that everybody is uh, sinning, wanting to go to bars and brothels. Maybe you should get another nine to five gig, LaMarcus. <laughs> Can you imagine? 
mom, I'm, my job is to sell pantyhose, but tomorrow I'm changing and I'm building a roller coaster. She'd send me to the shrink. So how are you? How's your week? I'm, I'm okay. I, so I had a photo shoot this past week. I like, honestly, <sighs> my website's a horror right now. And I'm, I'm redoing my website, but I'm also making a website for the podcast. And, um, and I'm super excited about that, but I need some pictures, you know, so not because I don't have pictures to put, I have real life pictures to put on there. Pictures of friends and you know family and just, you know, just fun pics. You could like get an insight into um, my world the Elise, at the Elise DeLucci show. But I did need some real pictures. So, you know, here we are, we're around, I'm with the photographer, we're around, going around Manhattan and we're taking pictures. And can I tell you something? There's a reason I'm not a model, okay? There's a reason. Like, I look dead in 99% of these pictures. When I got home, I had a Google, turn Google inside out. I had to go on a Google witch hunt because I was self-diagnosing myself as a psychopath, okay? <laughs> because in every picture, I looked dead. I just, I honestly... It was like you could see ice cold cause light running through my eyes. I mean, listen, I I should say, I am photogenic. I like to take pictures. I love nothing more to, to being with friends or family and having a great time and just capturing the moment. Like, you know, someone gets a candid picture. Oh, my God, I freaking love those. And I have them and I cherish them. But I don't know. Putting on an outfit and getting your pictures taken when they're like, look natural. I'm like cheese, you know, and like my head is tilted, like I'm in 1985 glamour shots, like I have hair in my face, like I'm choking because I, I, I can't swallow, he's telling me to soften my eyes, he's telling me to smize, I don't know what the fuck that is, it's basically like smile with your eyes, honestly, it's too much for me. Needless to say, I'm not a psychopath, like I did look that up online, and a lot of people have this problem if they're doing photo shoots, but... My best friend, Sam, my high school best friend, Sam, I am seeing soon, and um, she is a fashion designer turned contortion artist. Welcome to New York. And she's also a model, and I love her, and uh, she's going to help me on my picture taking because it's a horror. But on my ventures to take the pictures, you know, so wait, let me just say I'm always hungry. Okay. This is no surprise. If you follow me on TikTok, I do talk about food here and there and whatever. And I mentioned it on this podcast. Um, and I'm on, I'm, so I'm doing the pictures and I stop by, I pass Ferrara's bakery, which is one of the best bakeries in little Italy for a cannoli. And by the way, I was at my aunt's house. Here's a tangent. I was at my aunt Lisa's house. Hey boo. This weekend. And I was telling her, Oh, I got a cannoli from Ferrara when I was taking my photo shoot. And she was like, who eats a cannoli on a photo shoot? And I'm just like, "May, leave me alone. But she said, next time you're down there, at least don't go to Ferrara. Cause it's so expensive. Go to Roma, which is up the block. And it's not on Mulberry street. You know, it's not on the main strip. So there's my tip for you. I haven't gone to this Roma bakery, but I'm going to go. The cannoli, by the way, was five fifty, which is out an outrage. But I was saw it, and it was like I saw it from the window, from the street, you know, and I knew the place, and I was starving. So you know. So anyway, and you know, then of course I'm like the photographer, take a picture of me eating the cannoli, and he's like, okay, Elise, sit down. <laughs> I was like, okay. So you know, and you know, one would think that if you wanted to take a picture with a cannoli, like you probably hold it up, use it as a prop. No, I'm just, li- I'm just literally eating it, and I'm just like, take a, take a picture, take a picture, as my mouth is full. This guy thought it was a train wreck. Well, we wound up moving locations, and we, we wound up in Chinatown, which, you know, borders the lily. And I and um, I like Chinatown because they have all these fruit markets, but 
I didn't realize that the fruit markets also operated at night. So I don't know what block I was on. I could always find out if you were interested, but there was these outdoor night fruit stands. And it was so cool because, you know, they sell all the regular fruits, but they also sell, you know, like Dorian, which is, you know, by the, I think that's the stinkiest fruit on the planet, by the way. I'm not kidding. Look it up. Dorian, D-U-R-I-A-N. But, you know, they had all the interesting Chinese fruits and vegetables. It's all so cheap. Um, you know, so of course I'm like, Hey photographer, you mind if we take a little break? I see these pears. I want to, you know, I want to get a pound of pears. He's like, no, cause you're paying me by the hour. Let's go. <laughs> I'm just not a model. Anyway, later in the week, I wound up seeing my boyfriend, you know, and, uh, and I made us dinner and I had a loaf of Italian bread, semolina loaf, which I love. And, um, and I cut it up and I, you know, had it on the table with the dinner. We were having chicken cutlets and, and I had butter with it. Now, you know, usually like maybe olive oil, like with salt in it, I like too, or, I, or what I get in restaurants. But cause I'm home, I'm being a slob with melt, you know, like melted butter, not fully melted, like watery butter, like melted it sat on the counter, you know, so I should say soft butter, soft butter sitting at the table and I'm eating copious amounts of bread and I'm like, you're not going to have a piece. And he's like, no, I'm trying to watch. I'm like, this is, you trying to watch? I can't have a boyfriend on a diet. Were you kidding me? I said, I just did a photo shoot and I had Chinese food and cannolis throughout the photo shoot. Well, now you're on, please, please. <laughs> you know, I think that, see, the guys that he dated probably in his past were very different. Like, they were probably like, I'm a vegan, you know, and, and, I, and I roll on the scene like, I'm making meatloaf. <laughs> anyway, I'm watching The Crown on Netflix. Have you watched that? It's a few years old. It is so good. I wasn't going to watch it, by the way, because, you know, it's about um, the monarchy in England and it's about Queen Elizabeth, who I find fascinating. But, you know, I'm divorced from to a British man, and I mean, and I say this a lot. He's great. I love him. I'll always love him. He's a wonderful guy, amazing dad. But I'm tired of the British stuff. I mean, honestly, one day I should talk to you about what it was like, you know, being married to somebody British. Now his family was very lovely, but they are very different from Italian people, Italian New Yorkers. I mean, like, you know, we eat, they drink. We wear leopard, they wear oatmeal-colored linen blouses. Like, everything was just so different. Like, we scream, they whisper. Like, hey, so I didn't want to watch a show about the monarchy. The only thing that really intrigued me was that, you know, they were wearing crowns. But um, I but I watched, the first episode was just Ant, and the second, I'm so sucked in. I'm telling you, it's so good if you're not watching it. The crown. It's just about um, how Queen Elizabeth became Queen Elizabeth. It sort of, like, fell on her lap, and how, and the show is about how she adapted to being a queen and uh, how she had to sort of learn how to, how to be a queen and, and, and all the things that go along with that. And it's really, really fascinating. I don't know if it's true. I hope it's true because it's so good. Um, and I don't, if it was even, how could it be true though? That's a thing. Do you really think that the Royal family would say, Oh, this is, ex here's a play by play of exactly what went down. No, I'm sure it's completely fictionalized, but it's so good. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I'm going to start my Christmas baking. I feel like I'm behind schedule. Have you started your Christmas baking or whatever? What are you making? I, I would love, I, I actually would love to know. 
I should, you know, the thing is about the podcast is I can't really get comments, you know, like that's the thing that's shitty. Like I can't be like, well, you know, what do you think? I could do that on TikTok, which I like, but, um, I am making pignoli cookies. I actually did the recipe on a podcast a while ago, but, um, I don't know, earlier in the, in the podcast, but pignoli cookies, truthfully, they're like these little honey balls, Italian cookies, spritz cookies. These are, I think they're American. They're just like sugar cookies, butter cookies with sprinkles and melted chocolate on them. So good. A fruitcake I'll be making because um, my children obviously are half British and I want to make sure that they keep up with their tradition. So I'm making a fruitcake and I actually do really like it. And it lasts for a year, by the way. And um, maybe fig cookies. Maybe fig cookies. I love fig cookies, but it's a lot. This is a lot of stuff for just me to bake. Um, but for the, but I know pignolis, the spritz cookies, and the the, the fruit cake definitely strewfully ah want to. It's a real tradition, but it's a ton of work. And maybe the fig cookies. We'll see. Do you know about spritz cookies, by the way? My product of the day, which is later, later in the show, is um, actually like the, the, the cookie press that you use to make the spritz. You need the cookie press. And, you know, I did say that, that I do the recipe. I like to do a recipe from now till the end. But I'll tell you how to make the spritz cookies if you don't know. But, but you can Google it. Um, it you know, for, but this is, this is a good recipe because you don't have to refrigerate the dough. So I'm just going to say in advance. Spritz cookies, you need a spritz cookie press. So if you don't have that or you don't plan on buying it, it's only like a few dollars from Amazon, maybe like 10 I bought the cheap one, but there's more expensive ones. You might as well just fast forward this part of the podcast. But spritz cookies, I like them because, first of all, you make this dough, you load it into this cookie press thing. It's like a gun. And then you out comes these shapes. You could put like these discs, right, like a Christmas tree or star. But the best part is that once the cookies are done baking, these little tiny trees or stars, whatever – you can, you know, dip them in melted chocolate or drizzle chocolate and put the sprinkles. So what I'm trying to say is that they're a really good kid activity, not to mention delicious. So all you do, get the get the spritz press, one cup, so look, one cup of unsalted butter, softened, that's two sticks, three quarters of a cup of granulated sugar, one egg, room temperature, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, one teaspoon of almond extract, Two and a quarter cups of flour, a pinch of salt, <clears throat> and then your optional toppings. I do melted chocolate, like, you know, just the chocolate from the chocolate chips, melted chocolate, and then, like, Christmas sprinkles. I got them at Home Goods, and they're cute. So preheat your oven to 350, and you're going to want to have, you know, a couple of uh, baking sheets, you know, either lined with parchment paper or silicone, whatever, in the bowl. This is all you're going to do. It's easy. I use my stand mixer. You're going to beat the butter and the sugar to make it smooth. You know, that's obviously the first step in most baking recipes. So beat the butter and the sugar until combined and smooth. Then you're going to put the egg in, vanilla, the almond extract, re-beat it for a minute, scrape down the bowl. You want to scrape the bowl down, and then you're going to obviously recombine it, make sure it's all combined. And then what you're going to do is add in the flour and the salt. You know, you don't want to just dump it all in. You want to add in nice and then that's all you're going to do and just keep beating it until it's completely completely combined. When your dough is ready, that's your dough, that's it. All you're going to do is you're going to just take scrape out the dough of the bowl and you're going to load it into the cookie press. And then you're going to push the cookie press gun onto the baking sheet. And that's it. That's literally, that's literally what it is. You bake the cookies for about eight minutes. So I would say anywhere from seven to ten, depending on how hot, you know, when not hot your oven gets. And that is it. It's so easy and they're fun. 
And when the cookies, I wait for them to cool. But when they're cooled, I melt the chocolate. We do the sprinkles. It's great. It's a great family project. And they're cute. And they look so profesh because you're using the cookie press. I'm curious to know what you make. Do you do spritz cookies? Some spritz cookies recipes, by the way, you have to refrigerate the dough before you do it. You don't have to with this one, which I like because it's enough with the, the, the press. You know, it's like a lot of fuss. Who has time? Who has time? Who has time? So um, my closet has multiple personality disorder. <laughs> Does yours? I'm looking in my closet the other day, right? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm completely, I'm a loon. I'm a complete lunatic. Let me tell you what my closet looks like. I got work clothes. So I have, you know, a section of, of, of suits and blazers, whatever. That's one look that I have for obvious reasons when I'm at my nine to five. And then I have a part of my closet that's all leopard, whether it be leopard velour jumpsuits, leopard vests, leopard tops. I just love it. Um, and then I have another part that's sort of, business casual, but it's very preppy. So it's like jeans and a button down shirt, you know, uh, like a loafer or a, a, a sort of a velvet flat slipper, that kind of belts. You know, I like the shirt tucked in with a belt. I love that, that kind of look. And then another part of my closet looks like I was born onto the Broadway stage. It's sequin everything. It's ridiculous. It's sequins. It's giant earrings, you know, and, and it's just so over the top. It's like it's you. It's like my cabaret wear for the winter and fall months. That's basically what it's like. Velvet kimonos, sequin jackets, little pieces for my hair. I. This is how I like to dress, but I had a complete, complete multiple personality disorder going on in the closet. I got Marissa Tomei wardrobe from my cousin Vinny. Leopard everything with the hoop earrings and a lip liner. I have the, the business thing. I have the preppy. I look like I could, you know, be in a J. Crew catalog. And then I have this other Liza Minnelli wardrobe going. <clears throat> Does your closet have this? I know. I feel like everybody has this to an extent. I just feel like mine's a little bit on the extreme side. If you see me on a Monday, you might see me in jeans and a button down with the collar popped up maybe with a string of pearls and some flats. And then if you see me on a Friday day, I might be looking like a Thursday night dirty leftover wearing a leopard velour with giant hoop earrings with my name in them. But, you know, whatever. Mm. By the by, I'm taking a sip of ginger ale. I ordered from Whole Foods grocery delivery the other day because it's same-day delivery in New York, and it's good. But let me tell you something. They accidentally delivered ginger ale instead of seltzer and I don't usually drink soda at all I used to I used to be a soda act but I quit it so they they delivered ginger ale by mistake and it's not even diet so I'm drinking full-on regular back roll ginger ale loving every minute of it I'm like oh should I call them and tell them to pick it up because it's a mistake and I'm like nah I'll keep it I'll just drink it all anyway so um now let's see FaceTime dating? Are, is this a thing? Is this a thing? It is a thing. It's obviously a thing right now. Have you done any of this? Obviously, um, you know, everybody does online dating and apps and all that kind of stuff. But what do you do during the, uh, during the pandemic? Well, I know a lot of my friends have started these FaceTime dates. And basically, you know, they're meeting somebody on the app and then instead of meeting up because either they can't or whatever circumstances the other person is, you know, dealing with, and, and instead of talking on the phone, 
they're just doing FaceTime and maybe they'll, they'll talk on FaceTime for, so what they'll do is they'll meet on the app. They have a text exchange and then they arrange like a FaceTime date. And then they just talk to the guy for maybe 30 minutes or so, whatever. And then, and then if they, they, they feel that they like each other, then they'll kind of arrange a more serious air quotes, FaceTime date. Like they'll say, Oh, why don't we have a glass of wine and, you know, talk at, you know, Wednesday at, you know, from eight to nine or whatever. And that's the date. And I, you know, I think it's sweet. And I, and obviously in the, I'm, I'm now a big FaceTime convert. I wasn't before Corona, but I do FaceTime and I, I FaceTime a lot of people, but, um, I, I did, I, I really do see the benefit of obviously FaceTime dating, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. What happens when you finally meet up with the guy? Okay. So one of my girlfriends, FaceTime dating, she liked the guy. There were like 10 FaceTime dates. And then she met up with him. And it was like no chemistry. None. No physical chem. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? She was she was really devastated. She, had, she said she was heartbroken. And I was like, get over yourself. You're not heartbroken. But it's like, look, she's like, well, at least I'm texting the guy. I met him on the app. I'm texting him. We're on FaceTime. I'm talking to him like I'm in middle school. I haven't spoken to anybody like this since middle school. We're talking every night. We're practically falling on the sleep, uh, falling asleep on the phone. I'm like, oh, cute. And, you know, she's like, and then I'm so, we know everything about each other. We're just, cause it's only, cause it's just talking. She's like, obviously no making out. Unfortunately, she's like, everything is so fun. And then I meet up with him and it's like, wah, wah. and I'm like, what? She's like, first of all, he had a bum limp. I'm like, uh, really? Are you that, are you that superficial? So the guy has a limp. So now, you know, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I don't like it. All right, fine. So, and she's like, but there was just no chemistry. She's like, it was the weirdest thing. I knew his story. I knew him. She said, but I just felt like there wasn't chemistry. She said, and by the way, he looked different in person than he did on, on FaceTime for whatever reason. She says his face just didn't look the same as it did on FaceTime. Not totally different, but she just pictured it different. So that's that. I guess that's the down that the downside with FaceTime dating. What do you think about that? Are you FaceTime dating? Do you know anybody that is? You know, it's funny. I, I think that I really do think that FaceTime brings people together. You know, these like Zoom calls, whatever. It just does. You know, you're seeing the person. It's a big thing. But it is, but it is a trick. It's a total trick. You, you you don't even know the person, and you're just totally evaluating each other and getting to know each other through a screen. If, if it was like you know the 1950s, they'd feel like this is so futuristic. <laughs> but you get to know each other through the screen, and then you meet up. And what if he has bo? What if his breath stinks? I mean, these are things. These are things that are important. And that forget even if his breath. What if he? What if he? What if you just don't like him? What if you feel like he, he feels creepy? You know, some people feel creepy. I went out on a date once with a guy and we were texting. No FaceTime. We would text him back and forth, whatever. And when I met up with him, he felt creepy. Like, I felt like he was a serial killer. Like, he wasn't, I'm sure. But he just had a creepy vibe. And, you know, this is, this, I guess, this is a thing. This is, this is a result. This is, yet again, a result of the pandemic dating, getting to know people, finding alternative ways to date, getting to know them, and then meeting up with them, and it's maybe a womp-womp situation. My friend, though, felt really bad because she's been really desperate to meet somebody, and she met this guy, and she thought that he was great, and she started having this fantasy. That's the problem, see? She started having this fantasy. Excuse me. And she was telling me. She was telling me as she's been FaceTiming the guy. Oh, my God, Elise, I think this guy could be the one. 
we just get along so well. It's so amazing. And we, we want to live the same place. We want to settle down the same place. We want to raise our kids the same, blah, blah. And I said to her at one point, like, why don't you just meet him first? Like, just meet him for a coffee. But she didn't. And now this is the situation. So she's heartbroken. Can chemistry be formed through a screen? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't do it. I have some people that I talk to on FaceTime, comedy people, um, that I've only met once or twice in person. And we have a whole friendship, new, big, large, way larger friendship than we would have ever had if it wasn't for Corona because we FaceTime and we talk and blah, blah. But, but that's different because I met them. And it's just a friend. I don't care if my friends have a bum lip. So I'm curious if you're doing that. But, you know, yeah. So I have a product review every week. Today it is the Wilton the Wilton uh, cookie press, because if you want to make the spritz cookies, you got to get the cookie press. But you know what? Besides the fact that I did the, the spritz cookie recipe, I do think this is a really good thing to have. First of all, the brand, the one I have is Wilton. That's like, you know, that, that baker brand. Um, I bought on Amazon. This one that I have here is the Wilton preferred press cookie press. It's 13 pieces and it's $25. The one I bought is all, and it's metal. The one I bought is also Wilton, but it's white plastic, and it was $15. I heard from a friend that the metal one works better than the plastic one. The plastic one does work fine for me. I'm not pumping out spritz cookies every day, but whatever. With this one, though, this this the 13-piece one, what I do like about it, and I regret that mine doesn't have, is it comes with 12 different discs, like, you know, so you could you get to pick the different shapes. You know, mine only came with a few. But you know what I also like about this as a product is not only is it fun for the kids and it's like it's just a whole activity. They get to pick the disc, what shape do you want the cookie that, you know, then you obviously make, you know, then, then you obviously make the cookies and then you decorate it. I like all of that. It's also such a nice gift to give somebody. If you have a friend or a family member that loves cooking or baking, you know, and what do you and they, what are you going to get them? another bowl, another a bowl, mixing bowl. You're going to get them another cookbook. You're going to get them another dish towel or Williams-Sonoma glove. What about this? This is so cool. And, you know, if you really want it, I don't know if there's recipes that come with this cookie press, but, you know, part of the gift, you could get the thing and then you could print out a recipe, you know, a, co- a spritz cookie recipe. And, you know, that's, that's the gift. I love it. I think it's so great. I really, really do. Okay, here we go. Question. Question of the day. Elise, this is a Christmas present question. Elise, money is tight right now. I want to ask my significant other to stick to a budget this year for Christmas. We're not married. How do I go about saying that? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I don't know. You said this year, so that makes me think that you've been with him longer than, you know, more than one. This is, this is not your first Christmas, let me say. So I'm assuming you've been with him last Christmas. Um, I think just ask him. Listen, if you've been with somebody for over a year, you should feel comfortable with them and you should be be able to say, hey, babe, listen, like, I'm not making the sales right now. Money's not whatever. People aren't coming to the store. My restaurant is struggling. Do you think that maybe we could just stick to $100 or less limit? I think it's cute. And I think that you could gamify it. I mean, you could say, like, let's do three, let's get each other three things. We can only spend $100. And it's fun. It's like, I, I, I like that. I, I like that. I actually tried to do that too with my boyfriend, but he's like, oh, please stop. Just please stop. And I'm just like, why? Why not? It'll be fun. Switch it up. 
But that's what I would do. I would just ask him. I don't think there's any harm in it. If you feel that, like, that would insult him, if you feel like he's too proud, if you feel that, you know, I don't know, whatever, I think you could just say it in a nice way. So, me and my sisters and brothers decided that we're not going to spend the regular amount this year on Christmas. We're just making homemade gifts for us. I just thought maybe it could be the same, like, we'll just go on a really nice vacation in the summer or maybe we'll do something special, even more special for each other's birthdays. You know, I think if you ease into it. But that would be my opinion. I don't think there's any shame in that. And I think that if you're thinking about this guy as a real potential partner, you might as well be able to talk about these things out of the gate. Because what, what what is it going to be like when you're married, you have kids, if you have a mortgage and, and you, 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 you can't afford, you know, certain things. You're going to have to have these kind of conversations, you know? So stop being able to lay boundaries, money boundaries and and little rules and, you know, now. I think not that not that gifts should be a boundary or rule, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway. Quote of the day. Winston Churchill because I am watching The Crown, which is the best show ever, and he's in the show played by John Lithgow. Remember him from like what was it? Rock Around the Sun. What was that show? 30 Rock? No, not 30 Rock. Three three, three Rocks Around the Sun. I, well, I have no idea what the show was, but I think you know it. John Lithgow. Anyway, here's the quote. He plays Winston Churchill. To improve is to change. To be perfect is to change often. Winston Churchill. So good. Winston Churchill is actually known, by the way, for all of his quotes. Um... He, he And he's also known as, like, the best British per people. Some people say he's, like, the best British person ever. Um, but he, he really does have good quotes. If you look up Winston Churchill quotes, I, I think you're going to really love them. So that's it for today's episode of the Lisa Lucci Show. As always, thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, listen, if you send me or if you give me a review, one, I read them all. Two, it's going to help me be able to turn the Elise DeLucci show into the Elise DeLucci television show. So anyway, follow me. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram. Send me questions if you want. DM so I can have some more questions for the pod. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.